Hello and welcome to the Quiet Profit Podcast. This podcast is for introverted coaches, consultants, creatives, and service-based business owners who want to get the fuck out of their own way and create a profitable, sustainable business that they actually love. I'm Amy, I'm a mindset coach, and I'm also an introvert. I know what it's like to feel drained as fuck by sales and marketing and trying to do business the extroverted way. I also know what it's like to have a business that feels natural and easy and enjoyable. And that's what I want for you too. This podcast is a safe space to talk about all things related to building a profitable business specifically tailored towards introverts. As a mindset coach, I know that the gap between where you are now and where you want to be in your business is mindset. So this podcast will help you to overcome self-doubt and imposter syndrome and create a business and a life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Well, hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Quiet Profit Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about what being an introvert really means and the most common misconceptions about being an introvert. I want to share with you how being an introvert in a world where being extroverted is considered the ideal can contribute to self-limiting beliefs and judgments about ourselves and how when we understand what being an introvert really means and how our introverted qualities are actually strengths that can be used to our our advantage, especially in business, we can choose ways to operate that really play to our strengths and so that everything feels so much easier and aligned and also how we can change the way that we perceive our introverted qualities to build self-confidence allowing us to let go of judgment and instead give ourselves permission to be our true selves. And that is so, so powerful. So I want to start just by talking about what makes us introverted or extroverted. So the difference between being introverted or extroverted, which is a spectrum, by the way, which I'll talk about more shortly, but the difference between introverts and extroverts for the most part, is what gives us energy and what drains our energy. So introverts are sensitive to stimulation from the outside world. So that stimulation, it could be lots of people, crowds, talking to people, loud noises, anything, you know, stimulating on the outside can feel very draining to an introvert over time. Whereas extroverts really thrive on stimulation from the outside world. So extroverts gain energy from that stimulation where so they'll they'll love like having lots of interaction with lots of people and um being in highly stimulating situations. Introverts really gain energy from quiet time um, from the from our internal world so um, that that time to ourselves being able to uh, you know be in a, in a quiet peaceful environment um, that is what helps us to recharge and ex- an extrovert on the other hand feels quite drained 
by not having stimulation. So their internal world, like being just with themselves, is not their comfy spot. Like that is, they they want that external s- stimulation um, to feel more energized. So like just to, at the at the highest level, like that's really what the difference between introverts and extroverts are. Like the level of stimulation from the outside world. Extroverts really gain a lot of energy from that stimulation. Introverts are drained by stimulation. And there was a really interesting experiment that was done um, to uh, around introversion and extroversion, and it's mentioned in Susan Cain's book Quiet, which is an incredible book, by the way. So, the tangent, <laughs> Quiet by Susan Cain is such a a was such a profound book for me to read. You know, I read Quiet probably must be about six years ago now. And reading that book, I was like, holy fuck, like so many things suddenly made sense to me. I was like, this is me. I didn't really realize that I was an introvert. Like, I just thought that there was something wrong with me, that I I had this personality flaw and that I needed to change myself all the time. So I was always struggling, trying to change myself, trying to be more extroverted um, because I felt like there was something wrong with the way that I was naturally. But reading Quiet by Susan Cain, it made me... it was extremely validating for one and it just gave me a lot of permission to be me and that's why it was so powerful. So I'd highly recommend reading it um, if you haven't already. So in that book, um, she rec- she references this really interesting study that was done and it was a study done on babies um, and it followed them right through to adolescence and I wanted to look at it was trying to work out, you know, what um, what sort of temperament would a baby have that would then later in life um, show as being um, introverted or extroverted. So, like, how how would those babies, like, grow up and then what kind of temperament would they have? Um, probably not explaining that very well. But anyway, this, this experiment, like, looked at these babies and um, – measured their reaction to different stimulation so I think there was like lots of loud noises people there might have been like balloons popping and then um, having like people around them people talking to them um, and they noticed that one group of babies would be really reactive to that stimulation like would be super um active and kicking around and maybe crying um and really loud and boisterous when when that stimulation um was around them so they had a lot of reaction they were highly reactive and then there was another group of babies the other group of babies that were really chill like so whatever the stimulation they were kind of just like yeah cool like <laughs> not much of a reaction so they were low reactive And so one might assume that the babies that were like super loud and super reactive would grow up to become extroverts, right? And then the quiet babies would grow up to be introverts. But in actual fact, it was the other way around. So the babies that were highly reactive to stimulation grew up to identify as being introverts and the the babies that were like super chilled to stimulation grew up to be extroverts. And that's because the main differentiator between extroversion and introversion is our reaction to stimulation. And so those babies who had the extroverted temperament um, were totally cool with the the stimulation. 
and um and really relaxed around it and then the introverts their nervous system was set off by that stimulation so that's what happens to us as as, as introverts and extroverts when we're adults you know it's our nervous system is affected in different ways by stimulation and it's really awesome to know this because that allows us to manage our energy so when we can accept our temperament and then work with it and understand how to manage our energy then that's super super powerful and especially as business owners so I'm going to talk about that more shortly so the other thing about introverts is that we're deep thinkers and we tend to take time to process information we don't usually feel the need to blurt out the first thing that comes to our mind because we're really like considered we take time to consider our response or consider what we want to say we don't tend to say things for the sake of it. We are much more considered in the in the way that we um, express ourselves. And that also translates sometimes to like taking a bit of time to warm up to people. So introverts tend to like having a smaller group of close friends, you know, that we really trust rather than having like lots and lots of friends and acquaintances and um and we're not you know this is a this is not true for all introverts but we're generally not like super um talkative and um bubbly for want of a better word when we first meet somebody like it, it can take a little bit of time to warm up but when we are warmed up and when we trust people you know we can be really talkative so that's one of the misconceptions that I'm going to talk about shortly but Yes, introverts tend to be deep, deep thinkers. So some of the misconceptions about being an introvert um, are that, well, one of the misconceptions about being an introvert is that we don't like people and we don't like socializing. And that is really not true. So as an introvert, you can t absolutely love people. And I know that's, true for me like I think that um I think that yeah I had maybe I I had a judgment that I didn't like people just because I felt like I was drained by being around people a, a lot of the time but it's but what I now understand is that it's not that I don't like people it's just that the situation of being around a lot of people drains me and I need time to recharge. I actually love being around people. I love talking to people. I love helping people. You know, that's why I became a coach. Um, so I actually, I love socializing. And when I'm around people that I trust and that I enjoy being around, I'm extremely social. And, you know, a lot of people um, say to me, oh my God, I can't believe that you're an introvert. And that is because of this misconception that introverts just don't like socializing and don't like people and don't like talking to people. Um, so what is true is that I think many, many introverts, like I said before, like tend to have like a smaller group of friends that they really trust. They like one-on-one -on -one conversations. So like I love one-on-one -on -one interactions. That's where I really thrive. And that's, again, why I became a coach because I love just being one-on-one -on -one with somebody and having that deep connection. And that's the thing about introverts. We like to have a deep connection with people. We're not really that keen on superficial stuff. We'd rather have like a, 
deeper, meaningful conversation than talk about like, yeah, and then have small talk. So we actually, you know, that that deep connection shows that we actually really love interacting with people. It's just the way we go about it. And knowing that, you know, when we do have those, um, those interactions, we'll probably need time to recharge afterwards. And that's okay. Um, another misconception is that introverts are shy. So, and that's not true. Like not all introverts are shy. Shyness and introversion are two different things. Like shyness is a personality trait, whereas introversion is your temperament. So we're all born with a temperament. So, you know, going back to the baby study, this is why I find it so interesting, the study, because it really shows that we're born with a certain temperament, being more extroverted or introverted, like that that's something that we're born with and it's part of our physiology. It's like our nervous system is wired this way. I think for me, that was extremely validating. It's like, okay, like this is something that I was born with. It's not something that I need to fight against or change. It's part of my physiology. It's part of my makeup. It's my temperament. So temperament is something that we're born with and it does and it doesn't change much across our life our personality can change um and of course like you know we can if we want to be you know more quote-unquote outgoing we can work on um that and I think like as an introvert living in an extroverted world we become masters at sort of becoming more extroverted in certain situations we teach ourselves how to do that but our core temperament it does stay the same what I love about the work that I do now with my clients is helping people to connect with that temperament rather than fighting against it. Because I think that that's what leads us to feeling fucking burnt out is because we're trying to battle against our temperament. What let's maybe we can um, embrace our temperament and then finding find ways to work that really that really play to the strengths of our temperament. So being shy and being introverted are not the same thing, but being shy is more common amongst introverts. Um, I think that many introverts that, um, are perceived as shy because we like to think before we speak. So we're not going to be, you know, loud and blurting out all everything that's on our minds when we're in a social situation. And then that's because we're thinking, we're thinking about what we want to say, what we want to say, and we're really considered, and that might be interpreted as being shy. And this is, I think, where some of the limiting beliefs and judgments about ourselves start to arise, because we, maybe when we're little kids, we are told that we're shy, or we're told that we don't talk enough, or that we're not loud enough, or not outgoing enough, we don't contribute enough to conversations, and then we internalize that as like being a flaw, and we maybe start telling ourselves that we are shy, and that becomes as part of our self-image, I'm a shy person. When we're not actually shy, it's just that we take more time to process things and um and yeah, it's 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 actually not something that we need to change, but because of you know the feedback that we get from people around us, we feel like it is a flaw that we have to change. Um so what you'll find is that most introverts um are not shy um many are but 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 
also many aren't it's just that it's just that we need more time to warm up to people and you'll find that when you know that when we're comfortable with people we've got a lot to say <laughs> you know we've got a lot to contribute when we're comfortable um we will uh so the other you know misconception is that we're socially awkward and socially anxious so being socially awkward and socially anxious again I think is something that's probably more common for introverts but it's it's not introversion so introversion is not the same as social anxiety they're two different things being socially awkward is not necessarily um, one and the same as being an introvert like you can some of the most um, social people are like on the outside who appear to be so social and really good at connecting with people and really good at talking to people are introverts actually introverts are some of the best conversationalists because we're really good at listening and we're really good at responding and we have very considered responses and we think deeply and so we've got really good shit to contribute right when we're given the opportunity to contribute in a way that gives us the space and the time to give our input it's good stuff and you know that makes for really good conversations so not so not all introverts are socially awkward or socially anxious what I think happens and I think that this is what happened to me is that like I said before when you're an introvert living in an extroverted world it can can it can result in some self-limiting beliefs that I think can compound into some social anxiety. So generally, like introverts, I know this is so true for me, like don't like a lot of eyes on them. Like that is stimulating to my nervous system. I don't like to be the center of attention. And I really don't like being put on the spot because I am a deep thinker. And I take time to process and I want to give a considered response. So when I'm put on the spot, I can clam up. And that is what happened to me early on in life is that I would be in, whether it was at school, like, or at uni, like being in say like a group um, situation or like in, in front of like the entire class being called upon to give a, give an answer. And then clamming up because I didn't have time to think and process um, and that turn into a self-limiting belief about not being smart being a bit dumb not being articulate and the more I was put in that situation the more anxious I got about it so the more that I would play it up in my head and then the more of a physical response would happen so I would start like, you know, my heart rate would be like through the roof and um, my my face would go bright red and I'd literally like, my brain would like shut down. Um, but sometimes my throat would even close over and like that scared the shit out of me, like having that physical response. And that physical response, I think from what I understand, you know, like really shows a bit of social anxiety. I think that came about because of situations where I, was, where I was put in where I um, felt really uncomfortable and then compound, that compounded over time to feeling more anxious and more anxious and more anxious about it, if that makes sense. So I think that being an introvert, when we're put in certain situations, especially when we're young, um, 
where we don't react in the way that it's expected as being the best way to react, i.e. the extroverted way. And we're told that, you know, we need to get better at being able to um, respond on the fly and be more loud and loud and outgoing and contribute more and all that kind of stuff. It starts to form all these limiting beliefs about not about something being wrong with us. And then when we're put in that situation, it feels very, we feel very anxious and then it gets worse and worse over time. And I've, so many of my limiting beliefs have stemmed from these times when I was younger, um, feeling like I wasn't measuring up and then internalizing, internalizing certain things as being true about me, um, which weren't true, but I believed them to be true. So, yeah, this is a kind of a roundabout way of saying, like, I think, and I'm not an expert in social anxiety at all, but I think that introverts can develop a bit of social anxiety over time. Um, and I think that's definitely for me. You know, I was speaking to um, a client yesterday, and she's a lawyer, um, and and she she's a court lawyer, so she goes to court a lot. She's also an, an introvert. And we were just talking about how, like, um, so she had exactly the same experience of me at law school, like really feeling a lot of anxiety about having to be give answers on the spot and then doing things like we had to do like mock um, court appearances they're called moots and doing all of this stuff, which is like so wildly against like our, our nature. Um, and then like being made to feel like not measuring up because um not confident enough, not whatever, you know, all of those things. And then, and that sort of compounding over time. And so she was saying like, even all these years on after she's been practicing for decades, court appearances still give her that physical reaction in her body. Um, and that's something that she has to work on constantly. It's like, it's not something that has ever gone away. Um, and I know that when I used to, um have to be in court and 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 addressed and address the court and and all that like it was so 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 like anxiety provoking like I would feel I would literally feel so so sick um and it's something that I work I've continued to try and work on so even now like if I'm in a situation where I have to be in a group and I have to contribute um I I will have to really manage those feelings that come through. Um, so, so yeah, I think a lot of introverts probably can relate to this, like having this feeling of being socially anxious in many situations. Um, but what's really great to know, I think, is that the social the social anxiety side side of it can be helped like we can work on that like that's something that can potentially change I mean I know I just gave the example of my client who's who's really battled with that for such a long time but you know once you know what's happening maybe that that's something that you can actually get help with and start to change for yourself and I think that this begins with understanding your limiting beliefs I know for me this has been so 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 true like once I started to understand the beliefs in my subconscious mind about not being smart enough, not being articulate and really working on those, creating new truths for myself, I noticed that that 
anxiety been when put in group situations has been better. I've been able to manage it better. So anyway, I think I've just gone on a bit of a tangent there. But um, so another misconception about being an introvert is that we're not good at talking to people. Um, and I kind of touched on that just before. But we are, introverts are really good at talking to people. And I think that one, another major misconception is that introverts won't be good at sales because we're not good at talking to people. It's like this idea that to be good at talking to people and to and it, therefore to be good at selling, you have to have the gift of the gab. You have to be able to um, talk a lot and be very, very chatty. Um, but the truth is that introverts are some of the best salespeople and, like I said before, are the best conversationalists. And that is because we are naturally very good at listening and empathizing and responding in a meaningful way. And that is the key to selling, is actually listening to somebody, empathizing with them, and then being able to offer them a solution that actually makes sense for them, like is very a very considered response. So with sales, you know, it's all about establishing trust and introverts are very good at that because we are genuinely interested in what people have to say. Like we're not in our heads thinking about the next thing that we need to say. Like we're not trying to compete with people to to talk, right? We're, we're considering what people are saying. We're very good at listening and actu like actually listening, taking in what somebody is saying and then having a very considered response. When somebody feels listened to, when they feel seen and heard and understood, that is extremely powerful when it comes to sales. And introverts are so good at this. So we, this is really amazing to know for yourself and your business. You've got this amazing strength in connecting with people in a very meaningful way. And when it comes to sales, this is an absolute asset your natural ability to listen and empathize and respond. So the other great thing about that, just like when we're talking about sales, is it means that when you are selling, um, it's a very genuine and authentic connection that you're making. And that means that you have higher retention rates with your clients um, because they come into working with you feeling really good about it because you've given them the, the space to come to the conclusion that working with you is the best thing. Like you haven't tried to quote unquote talk them into it. You know, you've, you've gently guided them through the powerful way that you're able to listen to them and, and ask questions and help them to understand what is the best thing for them and then when they come to that conclusion themselves that working with you is the best best option for them then when they come into working with you they feel really good about it they feel really empowered about making that decision for themselves they haven't been pushed into it they've made that decision for themselves 
that means they're far, far more likely to stay on, you know, so you don't have refund requests or that you have low refund requests and and that you retain your clients for a long time because you've really established a, a lot of trust and you will continue to do so. So that's another strength that's, that us introverts have, you know, the longevity that we have with our clients because we truly connect with them and we allow them the space as well to to be who they are. You know, that is so powerful. So another um, another misconception, and this one kind of like makes me laugh, is that all introverts are sad and lonely and unhappy. Because, <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of like, you know, people kind of look at me with like a sad expression when I say things like, oh, you know, I just... I, I love to just be at home with my cat or, you know, <laughs> like, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. I'm just, um, I, I, I'm just going to be at home alone. Um, and to me, like that is, I love, I love it. But to extroverts, they, they're like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> you must be so unhappy and lonely. Um, because, and like, maybe because you don't have like a big friends group, you have no desire to really go out socializing a lot or to make heaps of friends that might be perceived as being lonely and sad and unhappy. But really, introverts are just really um, comfortable in their own company, company and really love just having, like I said before, those deep, meaningful full connections with just a few very important people in their lives. Um, you know, when an, when an introvert opens up to you and lets you into their world, I think it's such a privilege because... Um, you know, it just shows so much trust and introverts are very um, discerning about who they let into their world. And so just because somebody has a small friends group and doesn't really have a desire to be really social all the time doesn't mean that they're sad and lonely. Um, so, you know, you're an introvert, you understand this. But it's just funny how, like, um, yeah, many um, people who are like people who are more extroverted see it as um, something that is a real concern <laughs> and they and you know from a well-meaning place they're like oh you know they're, they're worried about us but you know we're actually really happy in our own company and I think that that's a real strength that introverts have as well like we can be really autonomous we gain like um we can be okay on our own and um and we can find a lot of pleasure and um and meaning in in doing and being more internal and like um and you know uh like reading and doing artwork and stuff which is much more sort of autonomous like we really enjoy that and uh you know in business when we often have to do a lot of work on our own so that that is a strength that we have like we can really knuckle down and be okay with that and be okay with um with working independently so i just want to touch on again the fact that um living in an extroverted world, world can contribute to limit, limiting beliefs and that's something that like um, I really focus on in my work with my clients is understanding those limiting beliefs that may have been formed 
over our lives because of being an introvert and the certain certain judgments around introversion. So understanding what those limiting beliefs are and then reframing them and reframing those limiting beliefs is um, really powerful when you actually start to understand your strengths as an introvert. So when we can understand our strengths as an introvert and we can really understand our temperament and not fight against it, um, we can start to do things in our business, so in our lives generally, but when it comes to our businesses, in a way that's really suited to us. And this is why it's really powerful to have this knowledge. So, like, for example, when it comes to marketing, I think that it's true that for a lot of introverts, we find marketing quite draining Um, but probably because of what we think we have to do for marketing, which is not necessarily what we have to do. (laughs) Like I know that when I first started my business and I was working with a coach, like um, the, what I was told was that I had to like have my face out on every platform all the time, every day. And I had to be going live every day and doing posts every day like so I'm talking so social media in particular like so on social media I had to be showing up live doing posts doing all the things doing master classes and three-day events and this and that and just like so many things and then there was the um like advice of like try to network and like go into Facebook groups and try to talk to people in there and do this and that and for me, it was just, it was really draining. And I and I thought to myself, oh God, maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, like um, I pushed myself to do it. And in a way, I'm kind of glad that I did experience what I did because it gave me a lot of experience and it helped me to, sh- and it shine, sh- shone a light on, you know, what wasn't working for me. Um, but we don't have to do all the things in a certain way we can instead find ways to connect with our potential clients that actually suits our strengths i'm going to do a podcast episode maybe the next one on um so using social media in a way that's non-draining so sort of like an introvert introvert friendly way of of using social media to your advantage but in a way that's not draining so we can find ways to to connect with our potential clients that suits our strengths and so that might be, you know, you might actually really love writing. So you might um, enjoy doing blogs. Um, you know, maybe when you do your social media, you just like writing posts. Like you don't have to go live all the time. You don't have to do reels and dance and do any of that stuff. Like you could just really focus on writing really good good posts, writing blog, writing for writing articles and submitting them to um to publications you know writing could really be your thing and that is awesome I know for me I love writing and so once I accepted that and just really focused on that and let go of all the other shit like stopped thinking about oh man I should do a reel I should do a story I should go live like that is like what happens is that turns into weeds and it just these overgrown weeds and it feels so overwhelming and it's so unnecessary. Like we need to like get rid of some of those weeds and just focus on like what we actually enjoy and what we're good at and just do that. So um, for a lot of introverts, writing is something that feels good. Podcasting, um, like for me, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying podcasting because 
I can express myself, I can chat to you in this way that feels one-on-one to me. Um, so what I'm trying to say is like, I'll do another episode like way more deeply into like marketing in a way that really suits your temperament. But it's just, I just want to just bring your attention to the fact that once you know your temperament, you know what makes you an introvert, you know what your natural strengths are. You can really use that to your advantage in choosing what you want to do in your business and what you fucking don't want to do because you don't have to do it all. Um, And most importantly, when you understand that being an introvert means that stimulation is draining, you can manage your energy. Oh, this changed everything for me. Learning how to manage my energy, like instead of fighting against my temperament and fighting against the fact that I felt drained and trying to change that. And also like just trying to do all the things because that's what I thought I had to do. I learned how to like I gave myself permission to recharge and to build that into my days and to build time to recharge into my business model, really. So, you know, I used to do like everything back to back. Like my weeks were a fucking mess of all the things. So I'd be doing coaching calls and sales calls and content creation and webinars and masterclasses and going live in my group and doing this and doing that and running a challenge and blah, blah, blah. Like, all of the things, and it was all like sort of like scattered across the week. I'd be doing a couple of coaching calls and then a couple of sales calls and then this and that in one day. And I would, and I felt like um, I had to do what suited my clients and suited people who wanted to get on um, sales calls or discovery calls with me. So it was like constantly like moving my calendar around to suit everyone else And also I had the mindset, which is a scarcity mindset of like, I need to get in as many people as possible. Like if I want to meet my revenue goals, I need to have as many, 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 many sales calls as possible. So I've got to stack them all back to back. And and if I didn't plan on doing sales calls on the weekend, but somebody um, got in contact with me and wanted to talk to me on, on the weekend, well, then I'd make room for that. And suddenly my weekend was full of sales calls. And then inevitably you know what would happen is after a few weeks of of having sales calls and coaching calls on weekends I'd fall into a fucking heap and I'd be in that state of I can't go on anymore and it was like you know that is a dangerous place to be it's like we like you're on the brink of throwing the towel in on your business because you're so fucking burnt out so you know it can it can seem like the doing these things like when you're in the moment and you're thinking okay I'm going to do sales calls and coaching calls and whatever um you think oh you know that you know this is going to be fine this is going to be fine like I'm just sitting there having a conversation with someone like what's so fucking taxing about that you know um I actually like I love coaching so you know why not have seven calls in a day like I love it I'm just sitting there like why like stop being so precious just just do it um but we really take for granted how much energy it takes to make space for somebody and to be fully present and um and you know when we're not giving ourselves that enough time to recharge it's really dangerous not only for us but for but for like what happens when we show up to client calls or to sales calls when we're not recharged we're more likely to bring our own shit into those calls um so it's it's not good for us it's not good for our clients or potential clients so 
even though you might love, love, love your coaching sessions, which I do, that doesn't mean that they don't drain energy. And instead of having judgment around that and beating ourselves up for not being able to do all the things all the time, being able to go, do you know what? Like, this is this is who I am. And what I know about me is that I just need time to recharge. And I know that I'm my best self when I give myself that time to recharge. I'm the best for me. I'm best for others as well. So giving yourself that permission. So what changed for me was really structuring my weeks in a way that allowed me a lot of time to recharge. And so this is where setting really strong boundaries comes in. And that can be a challenge, especially when you've got limiting beliefs around people pleasing and, and all of that stuff, that stuff that I've really been working, that I've had to work through myself. So having this, making sure that you have boundaries so that you can, can have, so that you stick to that time to recharge and you're not neglecting it because you're trying to fit in things to accommodate other people. Right. Um, but being able to structure my calendar so that I wasn't jumping around all over the place. So for example, Monday content creation day, Tuesday, Wednesday, client call days, Thursday, Friday, sales call days, and then weekend free, non-negotiable, must have two days off. So what that helped me to do was just be really focused, like have that, have the energy that I needed to focus on my clients and then focus on sales, focus on content creation and making sure that I had plenty of time to recharge after calls, which meant that I, which I found meant that I could have a maximum of four calls in one day because that would give me enough time to to prepare beforehand and recharge afterwards. And I actually put that time into my calendar or as part of the appointment. So most appointment scheduling tools like Acuity or Calendly, you can have buffer time before and after your calls so that you make sure that you're not having back-to-back -back calls. You've got that time to recharge. To me, that recharge time is just as important. So it's equally impo as important as the actual call, the actual coaching call or the sales call. The time to recharge is just as important. So when you shift your mindset to that, 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 that it's just as important, you know, that's it means that you can um, start feeling really good about structuring your weeks in these in this way. And it makes such a huge difference. I believe it's the only way that you can have a, a sustainable business, like a long-term business. If you, Because if you don't allow time to recharge, it just leads to burnout eventually. You might be able to keep it up for a while, but at some point it comes crashing down. So I love this in Susan Cain's book, Quiet, she talks about having restorative niches. So having a place in your home or a place in your workplace, wherever you know you spend most of your day, to go and recharge, to have some time out, to restore. Um, so you know, not everyone has the ability to have like a have quiet space around them all the time. But maybe you can you find somewhere which is your restorative niche, 
um, which just gives you some time out to recharge your batteries. And, you know, you might need to set boundaries with people around this, whether it's people in your household or people in your workplace to say, you know, but at these times of the day, you know, I'm unavailable. And actually blocking it into, like putting it into your calendar, like an actual appointment, the time that you need to recharge. So you'll get to understand what certain, what things tend to drain your energy more. Um, so, and that's really amazing for planning in your business. So if you know that you are running a webinar, for example, that's going to probably take a lot of your energy. So you're going to need a lot of time to, re to recharge after that. And then, so you, you're not going to want to schedule a call directly after a webinar. So the other thing I just wanted to say um, before I go is that this isn't about not getting out of your comfort zone ever. So to grow, we need to go out of our comfort zone. Like I truly believe that the growth is outside of our comfort zones. So we're going to have to push ourselves um, to do things that don't feel comfortable at times. And And, and and that's and that's great but when you know that you know that you'll need time to recharge your batteries after you go out of your comfort zone so making sure that you're building time in for that like being really aware of that and you can go out of your comfort zone in a way that feels good and aligned so and that and that suits your temperament and your strengths as well right so um this, this means that, you know, going out of your comfort zone doesn't mean doing all the things that you, that feel bad or feel like uncomfortable to you. It's actually choosing the things that like might feel uncomfortable, that feel uncomfortable, but also feel right for you or feel good or like a, a moving you towards where you want to be. And this is why, you know, when you know your strengths and your temperament, you can do things that take you outside of your comfort zone, but are also aligned to who you are and your true nature. If, does that make sense? It's like, say you wanted to do a webinar. Doing a webinar scares the bejesus out of you. It's going to push you totally outside of your comfort zone. But you know that... um that having a webinar as part of your sales process is going to be really beneficial because it's a way that people can get to know you really quickly. So you want to do the webinar and it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. So you can find ways to do the webinar that are still aligned to your temperament and your strengths and that they're going to help you to feel um, good about what you're doing. For example, having webinar slides so you're not face to camera the whole time and having a script so that you don't feel like you know you're trying to riff off the cuff like you've got you've got a script you've got slides and that gives you a lot of comfort when you're doing the web webinar and you allow time to prepare like you make sure you block your calendar off before the webinar so you've got a lot of time to get into the right headspace and to um to prepare so you feel good going into it and then afterwards you give yourself you allow time to really recharge your batteries um 
So that means that even though you're going out of your comfort zone to do the webinar, you're doing it in a way that's aligned to you and that's really like, you know, helping you through the process and helping your nervous system and and um doing it in a way that's, you know, that's right for you, not just doing things in a, in a way that you've been told to do it that, you know, that doesn't feel good. So I hope that that makes sense. Um, so yeah, like looking at ways to take yourself outside of your comfort zone and also that align to your temperament and your natural strengths and your values and are true to who you are. Like you don't have to change yourself to be successful in your business. You can make things work for you and and be your true self and have great have an, have amazing success. So the, the one final thing before I go is I just want to say that like when you understand that you're an introvert, um, it can be extremely validating to know and to know that you that you are introverted. Like for me, it was really validating. I was like, ah, oh, I'm an introvert. Like this makes so much sense. At the same time, you don't have to put a label on yourself. And you don't put it, have to put yourself in a box of I'm an introvert and this is what it means to be an introvert and I can, you know, this is my box and this is who I am, the end. Like you can do anything you want to do. You can be anyone you want to be. You can achieve anything that you set your mind to. That is all completely within your power. You are the creator of your life. You can create the person that you want to be and, the, and your reality. So the label of introvert and doesn't have to define you. For me, I find it really powerful and validating. And I love the fact that I am an introvert now, like because I can see the strengths of being an introvert. Um, but that doesn't define the parameters of what I can achieve. I use it to my advantage and being and 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 understanding what's probably going to work for me the best, um, but it's not a limitation. It doesn't mean that I can never do anything extroverted. Um, you know, we as introverts can do extroverted things. It's just that we need to have time to recharge afterwards. So it's just about you know I'm just really conscious of labels and and certain definitions of who we are when really we can be whoever we want to be okay well I think that's all for this episode oh my god I love that that was yeah that was really fun I hope you enjoyed it um and I'll see you over in the next bye for now hey thanks so much for listening into this episode of quiet profit I am so stoked that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you subscribe so that you can see when the next episode comes out. And I would love to connect with you. Um, come follow me over on Instagram. I'm at Amy S. Black. So that's at A-I-M-E-E-S-B-L-A-C-K. I'll pop it in the show notes and be sure to say hello. All right, I'll see you over in the next episode. Bye for now.